Tonight is an awesome night of premieres. First, it's Emmy-winning The Voice. Then it's the return of the show that always surprises us. Emmy-winning This Is Us. Don't miss Jack and Rebecca's first date. Followed by the premiere of the powerful new drama, New Amsterdam. Tonight on NBC. Abbott and Valdez, head-to-head for the first time. The fight for Texas. We are going to keep Texas the most exceptional state. We may have all that money, but we've got the grassroots. The Texas gubernatorial debate, Friday at 7 on NBC5. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Reverend Patricia Caganello. She is the CEO and founder of Sacred Stories Media, a conscious online media network. The company consists of Sacred Stories Publishing and award-winning traditional book publishing and marketing services, Garnett Press, a self-publishing and marketing division, a podcast stream, an online tele-summit series, The Owl Magazine, and an online course division, Sacred You. As an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister, and a sacred storyteller, Reverend Patricia believes it is time to raise the vibration of our planet to the one of respect and honor for the sacred nature of ourselves and for all living beings. Reverend Patricia and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her sacred mission in bringing positive change to our world through the power of resonance of our sacred experiences. Good morning, Reverend Patricia. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Johnny. I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you. Happy to be here. Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. I am excited to learn more about you, Sacred Stories Media, and your sacred mission. So let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Well, that's about five lifetimes. I'm one of those people that seems you know, probably not on purpose, but upon reflection, you know, being in my fifth decade of life, that I have seemed to reinvent myself almost every ten years or so. But my, but the formation of my life is as a, um, a raised Italian Roman Catholic in the Northeast uh, of the United States, very, very traditional 1960s, 1970s childhood. And that really formed the basis of my, um, of my beginning of my human experience, I would say, in this life. My values, my, my um, aspirations, and, and really set me up for the, um, the continuing of my of my journey, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Were your family fairly religious? My family was was very religious. My father, especially, was, was very religious. You know, he was. Um, you know, the t- I don't I don't know if if what faith you were brought up in, but Roman Catholic in the sixties and seventies. You know, we had there were certain things you did, and one of them was you always went to church on Sunday. The other mm-hmm. was. You know, you couldn't you couldn't eat an hour before mass because you were going to take communion. So I was always starving. Um, you, you know, there was just you know we'd always we would follow uh, the different um, 
rules, I guess you would say, of the church. And and it was beautiful. You know, the I made I've made every sacrament, and and they're beautiful. The rituals and the the ceremonies of the church, uh, I always found to be very. Um, for me, supportive, comforting, and really laid a foundation that I felt I could could build on. So my faith was formed through my early childhood, very much, you know, because of I'd say my father's influence. And it, it's really interesting because even though as I as I grew and moved into adulthood and have had some experiences that we'll be talking about, um, the the foundation of my faith has. Um, has really been the formation, the formation of everything that's come from them, from men. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting because the Catholic is fairly structured in a way. My background was I grew up as a Buddhist, Taoist. In 2007, I started attending a Catholic church, and today I'm actually a Eucharistic minister. That's, so that's really, it's fascinating. So you're interfaith like I'm interfaith to a great degree <laughs> now, right? You know, it's... Yes. Um, it's interesting because I, I have great respect for, I'm an, inter, an ordained interfaith minister, as, as you had mentioned. And part of my journey, you know, in the in once I hit 50, was really as a seeker. And mm-hmm. being raised Roman Catholic and having that foundation was beautiful, but it, but it wasn't enough for me when some really hard questions started coming up. And I really started seeking some deeper answers, and that's what put me on my spot really into my spiritual journey. But in doing so, I'm a forever student, and so I really wanted to understand, I really wanted to learn more about what what other um, traditions and understandings and experiences people were having, faith-based or, or spiritual-based. And so I went to seminary for two years, and we studied mm-hmm. many different traditions. And and so I honor them all. I have a great respect for the essence of what they all are. And, and that's part of what I feel so passionate about with Sacred Stories is because I feel that part of what's happening in the world today due to so much trauma and, and that's happening to many people is that we're throwing a lot of the you know traditional baby out with the bathwater and it's all or nothing. And, and I I no longer formally practice the Roman Catholic faith, but mm-hmm. I and I don't always agree with maybe all of their, um, you know, all of their um, structures and and rules. Some people will call them the the dogma, maybe of the of the religion. But I have a great respect and honor for the essence of the the truth of what you know, the origins or the essence of what the the christian the christian faith and all faiths are are attempting to share you know maybe some some a little bit um some people would say better than others and so but that's a very difficult conversation to have because i've also run across a lot of people who have been hurt very deeply by different religious mm-hmm. institutions and right. and and so it i just kind of would i guess what i ask people is if they can just maybe open to the the truth, the essence of the um, of the message of the religions, and not necessarily get caught up with the the human machinations, you know, that revolve around them. In the end, and I say this respectfully, because the Ten Commandments, so to speak, at least if nothing else, eight out of the Ten Commandments, you can find them in all religious faith, 
discipline, spiritual following, and so forth. And so that's one aspect of the equation. And interestingly enough, that goes way back thousands of years prior to any today's organized religion. The other side of the equation also is that I personally believe that the relationship if you have with God is a very personal one. You don't need to have an intermediary area to connect you to God. That's a personal opinion. And so I live my life as a spiritual person in terms of I enjoy the discipline of certain faith-based organization brings. But in the end, if we have the seed of God and the breath of God and the spirit of God in each of us, then we have a direct line. Now, we may need a group, an organization, and perhaps a place to worship to enhance our vibrations of our internal energy to connect, which I totally agree. Or if you find that you can connect yourself directly, then there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I believe the the other benefit, real benefit of religious mm-hmm. institutions and something that they, they do right is they create the community. And that is something that I find so many people, especially in, in the world of, of spirituality, you know, they feel alone. You know, they're mm-hmm. looking for their community. And Sacred Stories and, and many other communities exist online, but there's, which is, which is wonderful because we connect with people all over the world and, mm-hmm. you know, effortlessly. But there's mm-hmm. a real benefit to the coming together, you know, physically being in, in relationship with others and having a shared a shared vision and, and a shared, um, you know, shared values and shared meanings. And so the religious institutions or the faith-based institutions, I believe, serve a wonderful purpose in that they create the community, you know, um, mm-hmm to go along with what you're saying. And so I would just encourage everyone, you know, I feel that it's, um, it is very personal and some, and I feel that I am um, religious, spiritual, you know, all just rolled up in one and my, you know, unique version of what speaks to my soul. And that works for me. Wonderful. When did you first question yourself about life, living and the pursuit of happiness? So, you know, it's interesting. So I gave my background as a traditional Italian Roman Catholic girl, 60s, 70s, Northeast, you know, very ma- very uh, mainstream, as you may say, or ordinary in, in the sense of what I feel my traditional upbringing was. And I mm-hmm. lived my life what I would consider um, relatively mainstream, um, soccer mom, you know, raised two kids, got married, raised two kids, corporate education, you know, a lot of different things happening. But but nothing that I felt was out of the ordinary of what other people around me were doing. And then the year that I turned 50, you know, I, I tell the story, I turned 50, I went through an unexpected divorce, sunk into a depression, went through menopause, um, left my career to follow my spiritual calling and because I was seeking deeper answers for all this pain that I was feeling mm-hmm. all while raising two teenagers, two, two, two teenage girls going through puberty. And, you know, so the joke is <laughs> that it all happened in one year and the, the joke is it all happened in one year. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh. And when I <laughs> when I look back, um, you know, I 
say, and I believe very strongly, I'm surrounded by my angels and, and my guides. I, I know that I'm not alone, and we all have our our spiritual support team. Um, and I'm like, wow, you really needed to shake me out of my comfortable mainstream existence here. You know, it was just this, you know, triple, quadruple punch all at once. And mm-hmm. the, what it what it did is it really, I actually ended up writing two books about it, but it really ripped open what I felt were some wounds, some old wounds that I just kept covering up, covering up, not really paying much attention to. And when it all happened at once, I felt like I spent more time on my bedroom floor than anything for close to a year, um, or at least it felt that way. And I started seeking. I said, you know, I need... I, I need to understand this because this pain is too great and I'm not doing this again. You know, I need to figure this out, why this is happening, why am I, why I am feeling this way. And that's when I started reaching out and I started looking for deeper answers that were outside of the religious construct that I had already had already known. But but to go back to what I said before, how the, my faith was really the foundation, it it was. It was from that foundation of knowing that I was not alone, knowing that I am supported and loved, you know, infinitely, um, that I could find the strength to look deeper. And, and, um, and that's how my spiritual journey started. So it really started the year I turned 50. Very, very interesting. I think we all need that shock process to kind of shake us up enough to really start looking at what we have versus what we don't have or what we're seeking in a way. I think that's very, very interesting. One of the things that you went through when you were going through this spiritual awakening, you went through a tremendous amount of change. I mean, it's like, for lack of a better term, you went like supernova in a way. <laughs> well, yes, and I did, and it's so funny because um, I, when I reflect back on my life and I see that I've lived multiple lives within within one, I really have. There's been so many changes. I I realize, you know, I'm kind of all in. It's all in or nothing. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's funny. Um, even when I was younger my parents wanted me to go into the military when I was 18 and they wanted me to go into the air force and, and no disrespects to the air force, but I'm like, if I'm yeah. going in the military, I'm going in the Marines because mm-hmm. they're, you know, supposed to be the hardest and I, you know, I'm all in or I'm not in at all. So um, I think that's just part of my personality, but yes, I went through significant change. And, and I think to that point, it's happening very Unfortunately, more and more often to people today, you know, what I felt was this incredible experience that I had and and no one else could feel the pain I was feeling or understand or go through this spiritual um, awakening to a degree, I find it's it's becoming fairly commonplace. And I Mm -hmm. believe the reason is we live in such a distracted world, there's at any moment, we could um, do 10 things at once or 10 different things to catch our attention. You know, we move very quickly, and and we don't take a lot of time typically to to reflect and, and spend time alone or go deeper. You know, we're, we're, we're so busy and distracted. So I believe we need something to 
knock us out of our um, normal distracted state and get us to pay attention. And to this point, up to this point, most of it has been through trauma of some sort, you know, illness or trauma or divorce or, you know, things that really catch our attention, stop us in our tracks. I'm hoping through the work of Sacred Stories and the work that you do and the work that many other people are doing that we can start to shift that, that people start transforming or changing or or moving out of their distracted states through great amount of joy uh, instead of great amount of trauma. Very, very interesting. It sounds like in the process of seeking that spiritual awakening, you went through a process of self-understanding along the way. And eventually you found self-potentiality. You have a different calling, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Um, my journey started with started on the bedroom floor and started me reaching out and saying, I, I need help, just speaking to the to the universe, speaking to the angels, speaking to whoever would want to listen to me, you know, that was around me, you know, I need help, I can't do this alone, I need some guidance. And um, and so things started showing up for me, right, you know, different opportunities to maybe attend a class or an interfaith actual church actually opened in my community and I was... I came to my attention and I started going there, but also the animals started coming to me. I started having some incredible experiences with animals, physical animals that mm-hmm. were visiting me. Um, I didn't even know what was happening. Half the time they scared the wits out of me. You know, I had over a period of time, I had three different bats that came into my bedroom at night (laughs) fluttering above my (laughs) face um and i sleep with my door shut and and to go back to the northeast you know our home was like a traditional two-story colonial you know Mm -hmm. master bedrooms way down the hall second floor we were there almost 20 years there was never an animal in our house let alone a bat in my bedroom um three different times and so many different experiences like were happening like that and I was like what the heck is happening like I just thought I was going crazy and and, um, in my home in different places and so when I started opening up truly and saying you know kind of show me guide me I, I, I need some help here the the universe for lack of a better word I feel like that's almost overused that term but the universe you know, showed up in force and, and, and some of them through the animals. And and so I felt that I was all along the way I have been guided and supported in opening to more and more um, understanding or at least opening to more potential of who we really all are and what all of our potentials, you know, the potential we have. So true. During your process, you went through all kinds of experiences, and one of it is, if I'm not mistaken, is past life regression. Yes, yes, I've had, I've had a number of past life regressions. I've, I've probably maybe four to date. Mm-hmm. I've actually, um, I've actually done astral travel a few times. I've had some out of body experiences. Um, yeah, some really just super cool and really fascinating things have um, have happened. Absolutely. Can karmic debts affect our present life path? 
Okay, so I'm going to be one of those people that uh, I don't believe in karmic debt. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I'll just say that. I, I I think that in some ways, in I feel that we're doing a little bit of a disservice. I feel that part of this spiritual awakening, I would just be super, super honest uh, with what I'm feeling and what is part of, I think, part of the challenge of some of the work that some of us are doing in, in trying to just bring an awareness that there is more and that, you mm-hmm. know, that we can, we can um, you know, be more and feel more and do more. Um, is I believe that there's a lot of people going back to having these different experiences and awakenings and, and, and a lot of things are happening. Myself, I'm always the type of person that I like to learn, I like to study, I'm the student, and I like to kind of have a much greater framework or understanding before I step out and say, I think this or I know that, because I, I like to know what I'm talking about, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, but I think what's happening in today's world, there's so many people that are having experiences and they're sharing a lot of it is stuff that they've heard or they've read and I don't necessarily believe is is the fullness of the story. And so the idea of karma and what karma really is and, and, and how we need to understand that or look at that, it, it isn't the idea that we've done something wrong and so we have mm-hmm. to make amends or something in a future life. Um, karma to me, uh, in the strictest sense of the word, is is service. And service to me is the the service to others, service to the greater consciousness. And so I do believe that many of us come back um, in future lifetimes and we have relationships with many other people, some of which that we may have had in earlier lifetimes. But I don't believe it's because we have to make amends or do something because we did something wrong. I think if anything we are in service to each other in relationship to each other in ways that allow us to have experiences. And and I use the word experiences, not lessons, because I also don't believe in lessons. I I truly believe with all my soul that we are we really are divine beings and I don't believe it makes no sense to me that we are incarnated, you know, behind the eight ball with mm-hmm. things already wrong with us, you know? How do we go through lifetime <laughs> after lifetime and never figure it out? It makes, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I believe that that is part of the trauma that needs to be healed in this con- the collective consciousness that we are all a part of, the trauma that there's something so wrong with us, the trauma that we haven't figured it out and we got to keep repeating it until we get it right. I mean, how are we beautiful divine beings created in the image of God, if we even want to use that um, metaphor, and not still can't get it right after, you know, some people tell you hundreds of lifetimes, you're repeating the same lessons. It's not even logical to me. So the very long answer that I don't believe we have karmic debt, debt not in the Mm -hmm. sense that we're repaying for past sins, no. Interesting. Very interesting. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Reverend Patricia Caganello. 
She is an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister, and the CEO and founder of Sacred Stories Media, a conscious online media network. The company consists of Sacred Stories Publishing, an award-winning traditional book publishing and marketing services, Garnet Press, a self-publishing and marketing division, podcast stream, and online tele-summit series, The Owl Magazine, and an online course division, Sacred You. Reverend Patricia and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her sacred mission in bringing positive change to our world through the power of resonance of our shared experience. Reverend Patricia, were you afraid of what you would remember when you went back into time regression, or is it simply driven by curiosity? Um, I I wasn't I wasn't afraid of maybe what I would remember. I was I was curious um, about it, what I found, and so it's interesting. My concern was. You know, am I just going to make this up, mm-hmm. right? Am I just making this up? <laughs> Is this really real, right? No, yeah. right? I mean, that's a real concern. I'm always going to be incredibly honest with my answers. And so, and I even was asking, and I was told by the person I first did a re- past life regression with that, you know, we're, that you can't make, you really can't make it up. You know, you, you really do mm-hmm. go into a deeper state. What I found with mine is that it almost was like a movie was playing in my head. I couldn't even imagine what was happening next. So there was no way that I was making anything up, um, and I think people know that. And there were times that I, I attempted to do a regression and nothing happened, and I'm like, okay, you know, the movie isn't playing. I'm not in a deeper state. It, it's not happening now, and so I wouldn't force it. But the concern was more about would I make this up? <clears throat> I um different things were shown to me and actually in my second book um God is in the little things messages from the golden angels mm-hmm. I do recount in great detail a few of the past life regressions and and how they played out um what I found really fascinating upon reflection after the re- I did the regressions even now years later there's still um messages, information, different things, and I'm like, oh, like, that makes sense to me now, you know, Mm -hmm. that I saw or that I felt or that I experienced in the regression. Um, And I'll tell you, and this may, again, seem a little bit uh, outside of what, you know, is is the typical um, spiritual um, uh, story, but... I'm not convinced that even when we have past life regressions, that they are our past lives. So we actually live to them. Um, Mm -hmm. And let me just explain that. Because if we, again, we're, we're infinite divine beings and we are all, you know, for me it's really about service to the greater collective. It's not only personal service and, and the, the evolution or the, 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 personal self it is it is the greater self and i really feel and through my spiritual journey i really feel a great um um responsibility to be of service and what in whatever way that means you know whatever that is we're still unfolding you know sacred stories media is is a 
is part of the unfolding of of that calling I feel to to be mm-hmm. of help um but what I really believe is that our souls are so infinitely wisdom uh wise and and really are we are divine beings that I believe that something like a past life regression the purpose of a past life regression is to is to help us, is to give us information. It's irrelevant. It's almost just a story, right? So it's kind of funny, right? We have sacred stories. And and I'm going to tell you on one hand that the story is super, super important because it's kind of what brings us together and it gives us some way to put meaning around the deeper um, the, the deeper wisdom, right, uh, that, that it, we're swimming in. And then mm-hmm. on the other hand, it's just a story. And and I would ask everyone listening not to get attached to your story. It doesn't matter. The story the story is a framework that allows you to have experiences. The story is the the framework that allows you to go deeper into your own divine wisdom or to seek you know seek more, understand more. The story is a story. So. And when we become too attached to a story, a lot of times we become stuck, and that's when we can't move past the story. And so when we have past life regressions, my regressions were as real as me standing here talking to you today. You know, like I said, it was like a movie Mm -hmm. playing in my head, and the wisdom that has come from it, the understanding that's come from it, has been immeasurable. But it's not the story that was important. I don't even know if it really happened or if that was really a past life or if it was simply wisdom and understanding being shown to me that was helpful for me now. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. When did you achieve the awareness of your true purpose? It's unfolding, Johnny. I I I... I think that's, that's the other thing I think that people really get stuck on. And and no disrespect in any way at all, but I I also have a concern with what, going back to what I said before, that the pop, I call it pop spirituality. You know, when many people are parroting or saying a lot of things that maybe they really don't have a depth of experience or um, to talk about, you know, maybe they've taken a couple classes yeah. or had some of their own experiences, but 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 there's the the sea of consciousness is so vast and deep, and I just I encourage everyone to really wade in it for a while because it shifts and changes a lot, and there's you know many layers and levels, and and I'm and I'm still by the shore, you know, I'm not in any way saying mm-hmm. that. You know, I, I've waded through the deep end yet. I, I think there'd be an arrogance to to saying that. Um, there's um, so I know that for the past seven years I've been following divine guidance or my understanding of what I feel divine guidance is and how it speaks to me. And from that, sacred stories, media, and our different arms and divisions have unfolded and continue to, you know, be created and expand. I know that Sacred Stories Media and what I'm currently doing is not my divine purpose. I don't believe we have one purpose. I believe Mm -hmm. we are here to lead very purposeful lives, and so I know Mm -hmm. there's always more. Um, And so I would also encourage people because 
when I speak to a lot of people, and 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 the other thing besides getting stuck in a story that people that hold them back, the other thing that holds them back is that they're searching so desperately for their purpose. And and I would say that you have many purposes. You know, in many parts of your life, there's different purposes. And so if we can release our attachment to the great big divine purpose, I think we'll, um, we'll all be able to be leading much more um, purposeful lives filled with great service. Certainly, I agree with that, because I think if you break it down in terms of a physical reality, every step we take forward or backwards, that is, it doesn't matter, it's a physical step. That is a purposeful step as to how far you're going to travel forward or backwards is strictly up to you. But when you're in that moment, you are in that purpose, and your focus should be in the moment. Right, and I think that the, I agree with you, and I think that the idea that when people are seeking their great purpose in life, there's a lot of judgment around that, and I and mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of um, and judgment in any way, you know, directed towards others or mainly directed to ourselves. You know, I think we're yeah. our, our biggest judge is of ourselves. Um, that also is it's not helping anybody, our, our, us especially, to be feeling bad or inadequate or what's wrong with me because I still haven't figured out my purpose. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just wrapped in judgment. And so I would just encourage everyone listening to to release that judgment around yourself and your greater purpose. Every like you said, I mean, I started the conversation saying I've reinvented myself multiple times and not by design. And right. and if I was if I was saying, well, this is my purpose, what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, to me, it discounts all the amazing experiences and, and people and and learning and maybe not so amazing at the time how it felt, you know, but it's all part of the greater fabric of our of our life. And, and it's I would say it's all important. And there's many, pur- many purposes that we're here mm-hmm. to uh, to experience. Wonderful. Why interfaith? You know, I that was part of my seeking. It was part of my wanting to know more you know, when I was going through the, the trauma of the divorce and, and really how that made me feel and the rejection I was feeling at the time. I was seeking deeper answers. And so raised Roman Catholic, again, that was my foundation, but it but it just didn't feel enough. I just knew that I needed to understand more. And so I started um, interfaith because I wanted to learn about everything and i started my spiritual seeking uh at you know pretty much in parallel looking for deeper answers interesting how do you view fear <laughs> i think it's probably one of my uh and most people's greatest nemesis right um you know it's it's a funny thing when i'm feeling grounded and meaning centered and and really take a little time and and step into the essence of of who I know I am I don't I don't feel fearful when I'm distracted and and 
um, running from one thing to the next or one appointment to the next or one task to the next. You know, I find that fear, you know, likes to creep, you know, creep in in, in many different ways. And so um, fear, is, fear is an emotion. I believe it's an emotion. I believe it's an illusion. And I believe it's just something that it's a thought pattern. And mm-hmm. I believe that the more that we can be present, and this almost sounds cliche, but it is such a deep wisdom to this, the more that we can stay present, the more that we can be centered and grounded, and in, in, in that's where our strength is, that's where our, our true self is, we feel the power of our divine being, there isn't room for fear because we're in our, we're in our truth. And so I see when I'm starting to feel fearful about different things, and everyone does, if anyone tells you they don't have any fear, I, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I I say, good for you. I don't believe you, but good for you. Um, I would say it's really about uh, how connected we are to our our truth, to ourself. And I would just encourage myself, I do it all the time, and others, to just, you know, that's when you kind of breathe and recenter. You know, it's interesting. There's there's an old saying. It's not really a saying. It's really just more of a prayer. It's more of a chant. and I don't really even know which tradition it originally came from. I, I think it's many other people may claim it. But it's funny because I feel that as we continue in our spiritual journeys or just on our life journeys, we should be looking for or paying attention to things that resonate with us, things that come to us easily, things that enter our consciousness without even thinking about it, Right. And because that's where a lot of, you know, that's where our truth is, right? You know, if it's hard, Mm -hmm. probably not, you know, it's probably not right. You know, you're fitting the square peg into the round hole. But if it's natural and beautiful and effortless and it just, you know, it's something that comes to you over and over and again, I'd say just, just pay attention. And so something that runs through my head all the time, I go to bed saying it without even realizing, I wake up saying it without realizing I'm already saying it, and whenever I need to center or ground, I'm saying it, and, and I'm like, wow, why I should be paying attention to this? This has a real resonance for me. Um, and it's very simple, and it's, it's, I, I didn't make it up, it's ancient, it's, it's as above, so below, as within, so without. And mm-hmm. I... For whatever reason, there is such a deep, deep, deep resonance. Probably some past lives, you know, that I lived, but um, <laughs> there's such a deep resonance with the, just that beautiful ancient truth um, that it's, I'm thinking it and saying it without intent even. Um, and that speaks to my soul. That grounds me. That centers me uh, when I breathe into that. And so... I would encourage people, especially when it comes to circle back to fear, to Mm -hmm. find their resonance with what helps them connect within and because there's no room for fear in in that place. Very, very interesting. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest for this morning is Patricia Cagalino. She is an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister, and the CEO and founder of Sacred Stories Media. 
a conscious online media network. The company consists of Sacred Stories Publishing and award-winning traditional book publishing and marketing services, Garnet Press, a self-publishing and marketing division, a podcast stream, an online tele-summit series, the OWL magazine, and an online course division, Sacred You. Reverend Patricia and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her sacred mission in bringing positive changes to our world through the power of resonance of our shared experiences. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Reverend Patricia, why did you create Sacred Story Media? Part of my seeking, you know, I spent, I left my career, I spent two years in a seminary program. I um, was really looking for information. I was looking for answers. I was having a number of spiritual experiences and taking different workshops and classes. And trying to figure out what the heck I wrote two books. I was trying to figure out what the heck I was supposed to do. I just knew that this incredible calling, this for me to do something to be of service was coming through. The more experiences I was having, the more learning I was um, doing, I just felt it stronger and stronger and stronger. But I, but I felt really, really, um, you know, it was important to me that it was, truly authentic, that I wasn't just standing on whatever rooftop I could stand on and shouting what I believed to be true without really having a knowing. And and I think that's important that people really, you know, it's really the truth, their truth that they're speaking and they're sure of that. And so in these couple years, I, I was doing, like I said, a lot of seeking and I realized that everything that I was doing and actually, you know, as part of the guidance that I received and when a lot of times I receive guidance, it's just a deep knowing I have within me or a, something I hear or something that's just shown to me over and over again. And, and I, and I heard in my, my head, I guess you would say, um, that I'm a sacred storyteller. And I knew that I knew that because I teach in stories. I, I, I talk in stories, everything for me, you know, it's, it's about the experience, right? The sharing of the experience. Mm-hmm. And so so I realized that that was an essence of, of who I was, and I realized that it was not only important for me to share my sacred stories, but that many people were having these beautiful experiences, and many people had sacred stories. And, and, and not only their sacred stories of consciousness, but then the, the wisdom gained, the experiences gained that could be of service to others. And I, I just felt that more opportunities for people to be able to share their sacred stories and their wisdom um, with others was important. And so sacred stories um, started from there. Who are some of your luminaries that you represent? Well, um there's a number there's a number of different people. One of our one of our authors that I'm very excited about, he's our first award-winning author. He's a Nautilus award-winning uh, author. His name is Robert Atkinson and his book is a non-fiction book called The Story of Our Time. And it's just, you know, it's a beautiful um book of hope and inspiration and it really traces the evolution of human consciousness and and really shows that humanity really is one family and it's called the story of our time another one that i'm very excited about is a new new author a brand new book it's actually a fantasy sci-fi fiction and it's called 
Raya Sands and the Bridge Between Worlds, and it's one of a beginning of a series. But when I first read this manuscript, I knew I had to have this book. I was like, I have to have this book because there's a there's a real energy transmission that comes through it. There's real truths, cosmic truths, that are coming through the telling of the story. And and you know that's really about you know the essence of sacred stories anyway, right? It's through the telling of the stories that it's safe for people to experience truth or their truth. And so his name is Sarian Michael White, and this fantasy sci-fi book, fiction book is called Raya Sands and the Bridge Between Worlds. It's phenomenal. It's actually book one of four. So, um, and we have another one of our luminaries. We also do courses. And so another part of who we are and what we do is, again, sharing the, you know, ancient wisdom, right, sharing the truths. And so... Trisha McCannon, who is a mysteries expert, she's phenomenal. She's put together actually three different courses for Sacred Your Online Course Division. One is on the mysteries of ancient Egypt. One is on Mary Magdalene and the return of the Divine Goddess, which is so powerful in today's world, the sacred feminine energy. And one is on the lost years of Jesus and the secret schools of initiation. She's actually the best-selling author of the book, The Lost Years of Jesus. So, um... So there's three. Those are three of some that really, I think, touch on different areas, you know, nonfiction, um, consciousness, spirituality, telling the truth, you know, telling really deep wisdom truths through a fictional story, fantasy, sci-fi fiction, and then the, the real sharing of deep ancient wisdom through our courses, uh, three that I'll mention. Very interesting. What is the best way to create or to connect with one's true energy of authenticity? Mm. Wow. Well, I'd say there's as many ways as there are there are people. Um, I think that what's important above everything is that there's a real resonance. You know, you know something is true. When you, I'd say when you feel it in your body, you know, you're not necessarily thinking it in your head or somebody's telling you something. I think it's very important, you know, going back to interfaith or going back to all the different types of spiritual experiences we could have. Um, you know, we're different. We're, we're all part of the greater cosmic cloth, right, the cosmic consciousness, but we are also individual souls, and we have um, different... You know, our essence, I believe there's a difference in our essence. And so what mm-hmm. what resonates with me may not resonate with you. You know, many paths up the mountain, right? But we all go to the same mountaintop. So I would say, what is the way for people to connect? I'd say to pay attention to how you feel, not what you think, but how you feel. How does something feel to you? How does it feel in your body to you? And then trust that. Trust yourself more than you trust anyone else don't follow the guru don't you know chase after the latest teacher pay attention read study listen learn but feel how does that really feel to you and then and that will be your truth or one of your truths very very interesting one of the things that i wanted to ask you is that you went through this sort of major transformation when you were seeking that spiritual awakening was the process gradual for you in a way or was it like 
there's a pivotal moment that you realize, wait a minute now, this is where I'm heading to. Because you went through a process of you were seeking all this information out there. It's like almost like a buffet line. You tasted everything. And then you sort of drew your own conclusion on what you felt was the right thing for you. Right. So I started having, and, and I think there's many right right things for me in the sense of of the the you know the understanding of really the expansiveness of our souls, oh. right? And I continue to have experiences. You know, they haven't stopped. I continue to learn and study and experience. And and even this com- this conversation with you, you know, it's just you know sometimes just having I process out loud. You know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> you know, you'll see me walking down the street and I'm talking out loud and. And, you know, my kids always joke and say, it's a good thing we have a dog because people probably think you're talking to the dog. I'm really talking to myself, but I I, I process. So I think yeah. that it's, you know, to go back to the cliche, you know, the, the layers of the onion or peeling the onion, I think that we continually learn more and learn more and learn more. But what happened to me, the real type, the time that really became the pivotal moment was I've seen my through a number of experiences, I kept seeing this golden light. I kept seeing in the first past life regression, I was being drawn to this golden light. I was astral travel. These golden beings were around me. I was doing a meditation, and I was seeing so many things were shown to me all around the golden light. And and as I kept having more and more experiences, again, it's like the movie movie is rolling in my head. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. stop it if I'm just watching going, wow, this is incredible um the what the pivotal moment for me was when i realized you know after a number of different experiences and and understandings that that the golden light is me and that my essence is of the golden light and that i am part of a larger golden collective of of beings you know so when people say well where do you come from and you know a lot of people relate to what part of the universe do you come from i don't connect to any of that i only connect Mm -hmm. to a golden light i've seen the golden city of light i've been shown that's where you know at least you know that's kind of my spiritual home um to the degree that i can understand that and so what really became the pivotal moment when i could really sink into wow like this is this is something i need to really understand and pay attention to and and continue to connect with was when through a series of multiple times being shown the light and myself as the light, I realized that's, that's the essence of who I am. And that was, that was life changing for me. Beautiful. And in the end, everybody has their own personalized journey. Absolutely. And I would encourage everyone to, to, you know, go on it. Because mm-hmm. it is, and, but I'll tell you, Johnny, and I'll and I will tell everyone, in you know, full disclosure and honesty, sometimes it's freaking hard. You know, sometimes <laughs> you go, "What the heck did I sign up for now?" And and you know, why can't I just go back to my distracted mainstream soccer mom life? And not that soccer moms have it all all good either, but I'm in the sense of saying. Do I really need to dive deep over and over and over again? Like this, sometimes I'm like I'm exhausted. Give me a freaking break! And then, but there is such a 
beauty. There is such a, just a powerful, uh, you know, you say like, well, what am I doing here anyway? You know, I didn't, I didn't come down here. It's not to, you know, go to work Monday through Friday and, you know, pay my bills and taxes and die, right? Like, whenever I'm starting to say, honestly, can we give it a break? Do I have to go deeper again? I'm like, well, you know, I'm down here, you know, or I'm here. I don't really, the down analogy probably isn't correct, but I'm here. So mm-hmm. I guess I should be all in because, uh, you know, let's make the most of it. That's true. I view that as taking a moment each day to create with your heart because that's where your soul is speaking to you. And then mm-hmm. let the mind formulate the plan. Mm. And then remind yourself what the heart creates, the mind formulates. And mm. then you have this process of transformation in terms of rather than thinking with your mind, you're thinking with your heart. And you find a certain peace with that. You're sort of in the zone in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I really like that. And and I guess what I just, I'd like to share, because I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially when we're asked about ourselves, you know, a lot of things become about, you know, me, me, mm-hmm. me, my journey, my thing, you know, it's all me. And one of the things that I try to remember, right, recenter, mm-hmm. and, and I in, invite everyone, you know, to support me on this and, and each other on this, yourselves included, is also to remember that, you know, it's not about it's not about me. Right. And it's not about you, Johnny. You know what I mean? It's interesting. I just this um uh super, super quick story, but I was in one of my uh having this experience and it just it kept turning it back to what about me? What about me? What about me? Like I can't believe this is happening to me again. I have to feel this again. And it was me, me, me and I was spiraling as I'd say you know emotional in in one of these times and and I but I had to get dressed I was on my way to a workshop and I grabbed I was traveling actually and I grabbed out of my suitcase this new sweater that I had bought I'd never worn it yet because it was chilly out and I had to grab and put the sweater on and as I'm like in my you know in my spiral of tears of what about me what about me what about me um I grabbed the sweater and I went to put it on and the um the tag and the back of the neck <laughs> said um, the company, the name of the sweater, and never noticed before at all, said enough about me. <laughs> and I was like, no freaking way. It, this is not possible. Here I am, me, 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 and I pull a brand new sweater out. This is how the, the universe, in quotes, speaks to me. And the tag on the sweater I'm about to put on says enough about me. And I knew in that moment, I'm like, okay, first of all, super creative, points for the universe but um but i was like i knew in that moment that i needed to really make a choice you know was it all about me or was i in for the we and i it's about the we it's about the mm-hmm. collective consciousness and 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 i think it's important we we gently remind each other we remind each other of that on you know frequent occasions because i believe in this world it's very easy to get into the me and we're, I believe, we're here for me, of course, to a degree, but we're here for the larger we, and 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 that's what I like to try to keep a focus on. 
Wonderful. Where can someone go to get more information about you, your online offerings, and keep up with your latest happenings? Yeah, thank you. So the website, the main website is sacredstoriesmedia.com. And from there, we have links to everything we do. And if you're interested in our books or if you're an author and you'd like to, you know, reach out and, you know, maybe see, you know, if there's a possibility of us working together, that's sacredstoriespublishing.com. But, again, the main website is sacredstoriesmedia.com, and everything's there. Wonderful. By the way, we're coming close to the end of the hour. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Mm. I would say it's, it, it, it's what we've been talking about. It's that, you know, releasing, releasing the self-judgment, you know, kind of taking that deep breath, finding that center um, within yourself, and paying attention to what feels right, going to your heart analogy, feels right in your, in your heart. Um, from that place, I believe, just beautiful, beautiful things are born. Beautiful. That's a wonderful, simple, yet precise recipe for living life. Well, Reverend Patricia, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, October 2nd. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Think, Act, and Be Happy. How to use Chicken Soup for the soul stories to train your brain to be your own therapist. The book is co-authored with Dr. Mike Dow, the New York Times best-selling author and therapist. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Reverend Patricia, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Bye-bye. Tonight is an awesome night of premieres. First, it's Emmy winning The Voice. Then it's the return of the show that always surprises us. Emmy winning This Is Us. Don't miss Jack and Rebecca's first date. Followed by the premiere of the powerful new drama, New Amsterdam. Tonight on NBC. Abbott and Valdez, head-to-head for the first time, the fight for Texas. We are going to keep Texas the most exceptional state. We may have all that money, but we've got the grassroots. The Texas gubernatorial debate, Friday at 7 on NBC5. Tonight is an awesome night of premieres. First, it's Emmy winning The Voice. Then it's the return of the show that always surprises us. Emmy winning This Is Us. Don't miss Jack and Rebecca's first date. Followed by the premiere of the powerful new drama, New Amsterdam. Tonight on NBC. Abbott and Valdez, head-to-head for the first time, the fight for Texas. We are going to keep Texas the most exceptional state. We may have all that money, but we've got the grassroots. The Texas gubernatorial debate, Friday at 7 on NBC5.